sir. Luke chapter 10. I have a good reading in verse 25. Very familiar scripture. Not be anything new for you this morning, but uh, just seemed like the Lord's hand on my heart all week for a couple weeks now, to be honest with you. And uh, just want to do my best to be obedient to what the Lord has for us today. Luke chapter number 10, and begin reading in verse number 25. Uh, you can stand with me if you can enable and honor and reverence for reading the word of the Lord. I'll read several verses if you need to see if you can help yourself. Uh, verse 25, we'll begin our reading. The Bible said, And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said unto him, What is written in the law? How readest thou? He answering said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. He said unto him, notice this now, Jesus said unto him, Thou hast answered right, this do, and thou shalt live. But he, talking about the lawyer, willing to justify himself, said unto Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Then verse 30, down through verse 37, you'll find an uh, interesting account. We've come to refer to it as uh, the story or the account of the Good Samaritan. Notice what your Bible said. Jesus answering said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho, fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. By chance there came down a certain priest that way, when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked on him, and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him. We'll stop reading there for a second time. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, Lord, I sure do love you this morning. Lord, I'm thankful for the privilege, God, the honor to be back in your house. Lord, thank you for what you've done already. Lord, I pray just for a little while this morning. Would you meet with us? Lord, I pray you give me unction, give me utterance, Lord, that only comes from you. Meet every need represented. Lord, if I be more discouraged, would you encourage your heart? If I be walking far distance away, Lord, I pray you draw them up close to you once again. Most of all, we pray this morning. If I be one of the midst lost, I know of that ship. Lord, I pray you'd save them. So the last one too late. We'll be careful. Give you all the praise. All the honor and all the glory, for we ask it in Jesus' name, amen, and amen. You be seated. Thank you for standing with me. Quickly, by way of introduction, let's notice a little bit about the context in chapter 10. Uh, in verse number 1, from down through about verse number uh, 16, I guess, we see a fairly interesting account. Jesus sends the 74th in uh, pairs, two by two, sends them forth. There's some uh, great teaching and preaching there and those in that scripture as far as uh, uh, as far as, uh, soul winning and as far as uh, how to deal with people and uh, be honest with you, even uh, we find out later uh, in Paul's epistles, Paul draws from this chapter what Jesus said uh, and we even find some instruction on how to take care of the man of God, how to take care of those that are uh, serving the Lord. Then uh, in verse number, what is it? Is it verse number 18? Is that right? Uh, no, yeah, verse, maybe verse 18. Verse 17, I'm sorry. Uh, the 70 return. They give their uh, victorious report. Boy, I enjoy that. They come in and they tell Jesus said, even the devils are subject unto them. And Jesus makes an interesting statement. He said, tells them that he saw Satan fall from heaven uh, as lightning. Look at the verse 18. 
He said to them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall be in me hurt you. Notwithstanding in this, now watch this, it's interesting. Uh, notice what he said, not, was notwithstanding in this, rejoice not. Jesus says they come back and say, man, we, they're giving their report, if you would, of what's happened. They said even the devils are subject unto us. And instead of patting them on the back, Lord Jesus said, you're rejoicing uh, in the wrong thing. Right? What he said was, it's interesting. He said, I beheld Satan fall from heaven as light. And what he said was, that's nothing new. That uh, Jesus knew that uh, greater was he that said, I said, he's in the world. He understood that. He said, you're rejoicing in the wrong thing. Rejoice not. Uh, over the fact that you have power over scorpions and serpents and devils and all this, but rather, what's what your Bible said, that your names are written in heaven ways, enough preaching right there to preach all day. Uh, then we find something interesting. They, uh, they come back and give the report. Jesus, you teach them this great truth that they are not rejoiced over the results necessarily, but uh, that rather because their names are written in heaven, then in verse number 21, what's what your Bible said? In that hour, Jesus rejoiced in spirit. My, what a truth that is. He rejoices down through verse 24 uh, in the fact that, 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 that these 70 have been able to see these things and they've been able to witness these things. And uh, what a truth that is. And he rejoices uh, uh, when you and I are, uh, I don't want to say prosperous, but when we're Effective when we're in his will, we're about his business. He rejoices in the fact that he rejoiced in that hour. Verse 25, uh, complete change in the chapter. The Bible said, verse 25, and behold, a certain lawyer stood up. Well, that's never good, is it? All right, a certain lawyer stood up. Watch this and tempted him, I'm talking about Jesus, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Let's look at it together. This, this account of the great Samaritan. Notice them if you would, the petition. The Bible said that a certain lawyer stood up. We see his intent. He, uh, we see that he, uh, the Bible said, and tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said in verse 26, he said to him, what is written in the law? How readest thou? That's interesting. It's very interesting when you look uh, and see how Jesus deals with different people in the scripture. Some he's very open with. Some he speaks in parables. Some he speaks in parables nancy to make the truth easier to understand. And some he speaks in parables to make it harder to understand. Uh, some he's very forthcoming. Some uh, he, he speaks a little more uh, hiddenly, reserved. There's times in the scripture where he has much to say. There's times, Earl, that he only speaks one word, and there's times he doesn't speak a thing. It's interesting to see how he deals with different individuals. But here in our case, he does something interesting. He says, uh, what sayest the law? How read us that? What he's asking is, what's your interpretation of it? All right. What he, Jesus really, what he's really saying, John, is, what do you think? All right. Watch this. Watch his answer. It's interesting. Bible 7 verse 27, he answered and said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. I don't have time to deal with it uh, this morning, but that's an interesting study uh, in those two statements that gentleman just made. Verse 28, Jesus answered him, and he said to him, Thou hast answered right. What about that? Here this lawyer is a lost man. 
Not Michelle. We, we see in this petition, he's not interested uh, necessarily. Uh, he's not He's not looking for a truth. He's not looking for guidance. He's not looking. The Bible said he, he spoke to him. He rose up to tempt him. Isn't that right? To, to tempt Jesus. And uh, he gives his answer. And Jesus said, thou hast answered right. That's interesting to me. That tells me, surely, that a man can have a head knowledge of the scriptures and of the Lord and still not be right with God. That's right. Jesus said, you've answered right. What's what he said? What's this? Verse number, where am I at? Verse 28. Bible said, verse 28, what's this? Uh, he said to him, thou hast answered right. This do, thou shalt live. Well, that's the kicker, isn't it? <coughs> problem is he's right in what he said but the truth of the matter is he can't do it and neither can we is that right oh let me say this on these two loving the Lord and loving your neighbor uh, on these two I believe brother Chris asked me about it not exactly but more or less on these two hang all the law and the prophets if you, if you love the Lord with all your heart and all your mind and all your soul and if you do that, everything, all the religious, uh, all the religious commandments, all the religious laws, that'll be taken. But the relationship between you and God will be taken care of. You just love it with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul. Probably is with God. Yeah. 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 I would say we love Him because He first loved us. But we're all guilty. If we be honest, saved or lost, we're guilty. If something come up and we'll. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I, I, I went for years and didn't, didn't hunt, didn't fish, and uh, then then boys of mine come along. And uh, I, well, I'll just say this. I'll just be real honest with you. Uh, somebody asked me the other day, not in the church, a friend of mine. They said, uh, "You reckon you get a little bit too into fishing? I mean, you know, you you want, you'll keep it balanced." And I just don't want to say, but here's what I told him. I said, I, "I don't want my boys. My boys are enjoying that." I said, "I don't want my boys to grow up one day." Look back and say, my dad had a preacher flipping and went fish. I just don't want that. I, I, I'll, I'll cut some other things out. I'll stay up a little bit later that night, but I don't, I'm going to try to take them fishing. If they won't go, I'm going to try to take them. But what, what I'm saying is this it, I will say, it's easy. I enjoy it. I like to go fishing. I, I like to do those things. And it's easy sometimes. I'll get real into it. John, you have to keep a balance because I'm not careful. I'll get to love it a little bit more than I should. Just be real honest. We all have things we enjoy. If you're not careful, you'll get to love that. It doesn't say love him with most of your heart. It said love along your heart. Yeah. It said love with most of your mind, but all your mind. Isn't that right? Yeah. We're not, we can't do it. Jesus said, go do this and you'll live. The problem is he couldn't do it. Watch verse 29. Watch this. Interesting. Now remember, he seeks the tent. Verse 29, the Bible said, but he, talking about that lawyer, willing to justify himself, he didn't like that. What, what Jesus really has done in verse 28 is cut him to the quick. What he's really said was, if you could do what you just said, you'd be all right. There, huh? That lawyer, the Bible said, willing to justify himself, what's what the Bible said? Verse number 49. Uh, but he, willing to justify himself, said to Jesus, and who is my name? Right. What he said was, well, if that's what I'm supposed to do, who's my neighbor? Let's, uh, oh my, I don't have time to get into that, but it meant a, uh, uh, seemed like days. What he's really trying to say is this. I remember one time, uh, when I was in school, 
they told us we had to write our name on the on the on the test. You know, we had to write our name on. Well, this boy didn't write his name, and so the teacher was very hardcore. So what happened, Allie, was when when she graded the test, give it back. She failed because he didn't write his name on it. And I'll never forget, crazy enough, they're just asking for mercy. He said, well, you never told me exactly where you wanted me to write. And she said, well, it says right there, but you didn't tell me to write it there. And that was his argument. He just stood his ground. That was his story. He's going to stick to it. It's kindly what this man's doing. Yeah. They're right. Well, you didn't tell me who is my name. Right? Jesus will show him. Watch this. Interesting. Watch what, what you're about to see. He asks him this question, who is my neighbor? Jesus answers him with this story we come to call the, the Good Samaritan. Let's notice a few things about it. Uh, oh, I'm, let me say something real quick before we get into it. Notice this, all, all you're asked, the Lord, what to do in order to inherit eternal life. Many use this scripture uh, to prove a works-based salvation. As we look at it, we look at Jesus' response to him, we'll find that's far from the truth. If, in fact, it becomes a beautiful, beautiful picture of salvation by grace through faith. We'll see that as we look at it. All right, look with me in verse 30, if you would. The Bible said, Jesus answering said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho, fell among the thieves, which stripped him of his raiment, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. By chance there came down a certain priest that way, when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he was at the police, came and looked on him, passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. When he saw him, he had compassion on him. Let's look. We've seen the petition. This lawyer's asking these questions in the attempt to tempt him. Let's notice quickly the pictures, and then we'll get into the message, all right? Uh, this wounded man in verse 30, he becomes a picture of the sinner. Watch what your Bible said. Notice the similarities. A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho, always moving down. Isn't that interesting? Coming down from Jerusalem to Jericho. He's moving down. That's the sinner's always on a downward slope. I don't mean that funny. I don't mean that, uh, I don't mean that laughing. I don't mean that, I don't even mean it, John, in the sense that they're going down to hell. You look at a sinner's life, though, they're constantly going down. There's nothing getting better. It's getting, the longer they go, the more they're getting tangled up in sin and in shame and in guilt. That, it's just human nature. It's just the sin nature we inherited from Adam and Eve. Uh, while I'm on that subject, let me just say this. Uh, it ought to be every mom and daddy and grandma and grandpa's prayer that the Lord save your youngins and your grand youngins at an early age. I understand they get just as saved when they're 30 or 40 years old. But I tell you, the longer they go, the farther down they'll go, the deeper they'll get in trick and sin. Uh, that heart will get cold and hard and stiff neck. Oh, what a wonderful thing. I, I heard somebody say one time, was at a youth meeting several years ago, I was a young preacher at uh, I sit beside a buddy of mine and uh, they, they, a fellow come in and give his testimony and he's talking about drugs, he's on drugs and drinking and all the things that he does before he got saved and how God had saved him out of that. And the uh, preacher friend of mine sat beside him and he looked over at me and he said, boy, uh, I wish I had a testimony like that. That's a wonderful testimony. Uh, I'll be honest with that. I'm not trying to be super spiritual, but no, I had myself a fit in that I, I mean, I, I did. I come slap on glue. Not because he saved me from all, for out of those things, because uh, he saved me from those things. And I never knew what it was uh, to drink a beer. I never had a needle in my arm. I never knew those things. And, uh, oh, isn't that a blessing this morning? Yeah. But he's yeah. moving downward. He's going down from Jerusalem 
to Jericho. A sinner's always moving downward. We see it uh, in his position. Look what your Bible said. Uh, not only do we see him moving downward, but the Bible said uh, he went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves. Oh my, isn't that the story of uh, how many of you, how many women that has ever heard that or seen that play out uh, in, a, in a, maybe a teenager's life or a middle schooler's life? Thing. Uh, could you say he fell amongst the wrong crowd? Right? He got to hang with the wrong people. He fell among thieves. And I, I, I thought about that this week and I thought, isn't that how it always works? Uh, uh, it seems like they'll fall amongst their own crowd. Uh, uh, they'll take what they can from him and leave them alone. And that's what happened with the story. They stripped him of his clothes, took what he had, uh, and the Bible said earlier, they left him half dead. That's what the Bible said. Uh, uh, that's where it differs from a sinner. Uh, I, I saw something this week. Uh, I can't remember if I read it in a book or if I saw it on Facebook, but uh, I said, uh, said there's a preacher one day that. I had made this statement that a sinner carried a heavy load of sin and shame. And after the service, a gentleman came up to him and uh, said, How much does sin weigh? He weigh 100 pounds, weigh 8 pounds. Uh, does it weigh this? Does it weigh that? I don't feel a thing. And here's what the preacher told him. said, Well, if you took a corpse out in the graveyard and uh, laid a thousand pounds on him, would he feel it? And he said, No, he wouldn't feel it. He's dead. And that preacher said, You don't realize how heavy your sin is. You're dead. Isn't that right? Right. A sinner's dead. The Bible said we were dead in trespasses and sin. Yeah. That's what this man's got. He's went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. He's found amongst their own crowd. And they took what they could from the world, and the devil always take what they can get from you. And there's nothing left over. They leave you as a dead man. And that is a picture of a sinner. That's what he pictures here in our text. Uh, notice the Bible says, verse 30. Uh, out of part of verse 30, the Bible said, Leaving he had, uh, they stripped him of his raiment, wounded he had, uh, and departed, leaving he had half dead. He's a picture in our text of a sinner. Notice what your Bible said, verse 31. And by chance, boy, things are getting ready to pick up, sounds like, by chance there came down a certain priest that what? When he saw him, he passed by on the other side. How sad. Really is a sad account. Here this man is, he's went down and from Jerusalem to Jericho. He's fell among thieves. They stripped him of his raiment, took what they could from him. They departed. They left him. Here he is. Uh, they've wounded him, the Bible said. Uh, I mean, here he is laying in the ditch, uh, laid on the side of the road. He, he's lost everything. I mean, he's he's hit rock bottom, if you would. And wouldn't you know it, of all people, Ron, here comes the priest uh, uh, coming by his way. Well, you know the priest will do something for him. But sure, priest will do something. The Bible said when he uh, came to him, he passed on that. Watch what your Bible says. Let me make sure I read it right so I don't quote it wrong. Uh, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Let me give you the picture of what happened. Noah's going to be the wounded man. All right. This priest passing by, uh, coming down the road. He, he sees it. Doesn't say he come to it. He sees it. And when he sees him, the priest says, I, I, I ain't going to mess with that. I'm just going to pass him up. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Didn't even go to him, John. Didn't even check on him. Didn't even uh, try to hit him. Just saw him and passed on the other side. That priest in our text, the wounded man, becomes a picture of the sinner. The priest in our text becomes a picture of religion. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The world would make this statement. Really is. I don't mean it ugly, but it really is a foolish statement. They're, they're ignorant of what they're saying. Now, bro, getting down that church, so the ignorance doesn't mean that somebody 
For lack of better terms, if somebody's stupid, it just means they don't know any better. Yeah. They just, but they'll say, he found religion. Well, God help them, all I know that. Yeah. They're high. Yeah. Religion will do very little. What that priest was saying was this. He sees that man. He sees his condition. And John the priest, a picture of religion, could not go help him lest he bar himself.
said, spread thy skirt over me. And Boaz said that. There was a nearer kinsman picture of grace and Boaz and the law and the nearer kinsman. And you'll remember that uh, when it comes down to it, that the, the, the nearer kinsman Earl said he could not redeem her unless he bar his own hair. What are you saying? Was I can't redeem a Gentile. That looked bad on me. Boaz said, oh, my, my, come on, good. Boaz said, if you want, I will. That's what grace does. That's what happens in our text. The Levite comes and looks on him. He reveals to him his lost condition. But Michelle, he still can't help him unless he marred and said, Sad shame. Watch this, verse 33. I gotta hurry. Here in a minute, I, I'm talking about Brother Kenny. I'm giving you a whole lot of a whole lot of introduction. I'll preach right here in just a minute. Verse 33, watch what your Bible says. Talk about the pictures. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. Well, Lord help this fellow. I mean, if the priest didn't help him, he's a picture of religion. And the Levite didn't help him, he's a picture of the law. This Samaritan surely was. Because the Samaritan in your Bible, they was known as half-breeds. They were hated. Half-Jew, half-Gentile. The Jews, John, hated them with a passion. That's right. Yeah. That was a, I mean, great disputes among the Samaritans and the Jews. The Jews hated them. Surely the priest didn't help him and the Levite didn't help him. Surely the goodness this Samaritan that passed by, surely he's not going to help. Bible said when he came to where he was and saw him, had compassion on him. That Samaritan that's hated, despised, rejected. That's a picture of the Savior. He was despised and rejected and refused. Oh, that went up. About to come slap on the He was at the Bible said he came to his home, his home received him not. I mean, he was despised, he was rejected. He came into his hometown and they crucified him. I mean, he was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. He was despised. The Bible said there was no farmer coming to somebody that he should be desired. He was despised. Get to me. He is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. He, oh my, when he came to where I was, but come on, look. When he came to where I was and when he saw me, unlike religion, he didn't pass on the other side. Unlike the law, he didn't look at me and reveal to me my lost condition and leave. But Nancy, he came to where I was and he saw me and had compassion. He is a picture right there to the Savior and of his grace. So we see the pictures. Let's those few things. Not only about the, the we see the we see the uh, uh well I can't get my mind across. We see the pictures. Notice if you would the passion in verse number 33. Watch what your Bible say. Verse 33. But a certain Samaritan as he journeyed came where he was when he saw him, he had compassion on him. Notice the sinning of his passion. The Bible said, but a certain Samaritan as he journeyed, watch this now. Came where he was. Not this, this wounded man crawled his way to Samaritan, but John the Samaritan came to where he was. Do you see the similarities? Uh, when I couldn't get to him, I was dead uh, in trespasses and sins. I could not get to him. Uh, but thank God he came to where I was. It's a picture of the city of the passion. He loved me because of his love. Or he came to where I was. Watch what your Bible said. As he journeyed, he came to where he was. Watch what your Bible said. Let me read it so I don't butcher it. Bible said in verse number 30, 
Verse number 33, uh, which is the notice the sympathy. And when he saw it, he had compassion on it. By that. Not, why are you doing here? Not, oh, they hate, they listen, that Samaritan would have been hated. And in turn, he, and all rightly, he ought to hate the Jews. He didn't stir up a strife. He didn't bring up the rift between them. He didn't bring up the differences. The Bible said he saw him and he had compassion on him. That still amazes me that God and the, the Son uh, could come. It amazed me to know that he'd come to where I was. But what really amazed me that he'd look at me and say, I know me, Michelle. I know what I am. I, I know me better than anybody. He still knows me better than I do. I, and yet, how could he have compassion on me? But that's what he did. Not only that. How did the same? He came to where I was. But we say the sympathy. He saw him and had compassion on him. Watch what your Bible said. I like this. It gets even better. You'll see this picture as we go forward. So we see the same. We see the sympathy. Notice the symbolism. Watch what he did in verse 34. The Bible said he went to it. What about that? Got down where he was. Went to him and bound up his wounds. He cared for him. Isn't that right? He bound him up. He put dresses and bound the wounds so that he wouldn't be bleeding out anymore. Watch what your Bible said. This is interesting. Pouring in oil and wine. Now, he came to it. Thankfully, see that he, he had compassion on him, had sympathy. He went down to him. He got down in the side of the ditch with him. And the Bible said, no, that he bound up his wounds. That's interesting. He stopped the bleeding, if you would. But then what's interesting is John the Bible said that he pouring in all and wine. That's interesting. All in your Bible, always, always, always a picture of the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Always. Y'all get that in this second. Here this wounded man is gone a sinner. Picture of a sinner. Laying in the ditch, fell in the wrong crowd. They wounded him, took his clothes. I mean, here he is exposed. He's wounded. He's been left for half dead. I mean, he's in a pitiful shape. Isn't that right? Yeah. It's American comes by. Law come by if they want to do with him. Religion come by and they live with him. But the Savior passes by, gets down in the ditch with him. The Bible said, Psalm 40, we misquote that a lot. I've heard all my life, I've heard preachers and songs and everything else heard say that he lifted me up out of a horrible pit. That's not what the Bible says. That he brought me up. Uh, I'm not being critical. It, it, it's significant. Can I show you something? Watch this. If I, if I drop that handkerchief and I lift it up, I lift it up out of a horrible pit, that means I stoop down and pick it up. That's good. That's fine and dandy. But if I brought it out, that right? Watch this. If I brought it out, it'd be like this. It'd be like me dropping that handkerchief and me being so much higher than it. Is. That right? So much higher. Oh, it's far greater, John, than lifting up. He brought me up. Isn't that right? That means that applies to Michelle that he got down where I was. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, man. Right? Yeah. He got down. Not just stoop down and pick me up. He got down where I was and picked me up and cradled me when I couldn't bring myself up. He brought me up out of a horrible pit. Isn't that right? Oh my, listen, I couldn't save myself. He didn't far more just die for me. He got down where I was. 
and the muck and the mire and the filth and the sin. Uh, the Bible said that he, he, he left the splendors of heaven a communion with the Father uh, to dwell among a sinful world. Uh, got down where I was and bound up my wounds uh, and brought me up out of a horrible pit. Uh, I'm about to come on good and establish my goings. Uh, uh, set my feet on a rock. Uh, put a new song in my mouth. Uh, uh, but the Bible said this Samaritan uh, not just bound up his wounds, uh, uh, but the Bible said pouring in uh, oil and wine, that oil is a picture of the Holy Ghost. Uh, can I say this? He did far more than that. He saved me. Other uh, than just bind my wounds and stop the bleeding. Uh, he indwelt me with the sweet Holy Ghost of God. Uh, he put something on the inside. Uh, oh, I'm about to come up with uh, The Bible said he bound his wounds. Uh, uh, pouring in all in wine. Here's the picture. Uh, caught in the wound. He poured in some oil. I think what that line is here in just a second, but I got to tell you the whole first uh, He poured in some oil. He poured in some wine. Uh, and then he took that and bound it. Uh, uh, that's security, by the way. Uh, uh, what he was doing was keeping what was on the inside of uh, yeah. Oh, I'm about to come unglued. Uh, uh, that oil wasn't going to come out. The wine wasn't going to come out. Uh, it had been bound. I believe Paul said something to the effect of uh, uh, whereby you're sealed uh, under the day of redemption. Uh, I'm glad, thank God, He permanently indwelled me with the Holy Ghost. Uh, the comfort lived inside of me. Uh, he bound up my wounds and dwelt me with the Holy Ghost. Uh, uh, that's the old, that wine. Wine in the Bible always is symbolic uh, of joy. Uh, I say this not only He found me uh, at my lowest point and dwelt me with the Holy Ghost. Uh, but that's not all He gave me that night. Uh, he didn't just give me the Holy Ghost, but I'm glad, thank God. Uh, he gave me joy unspeakable and full of glory. Uh, it's not been the same since that night. Uh, oh, things look much different now. Uh, uh, I've been indwelt with the Holy Ghost. Uh, I've got joy unspeakable and full of glory. Uh, and He bared my wounds, keeping those things in Oh, my. Oh, what a picture of eternal security. We see the, we see the, uh, the law on the line, the symbolism. The uh, law's a picture of the Holy Ghost, shows our indwelling. Wine's a picture of joy. He bound our wounds of sin and shame and gave us joy, unspeakable and full of glory. Then notice what your Bible said in for verse 34. And went to him, bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine. Now watch this, boy, this gets even better. How uh, uh, the Bible said, and said he, I'm talking about this Samaritan set the wounded man uh, on his own beast, brought him to an end, took care of him. My, my, my. Preacher, what else did he do? Well, he got down where he was, came to where he was, had compassion on him. No one got down where he was, bound his wounds, poured in oil and wine. Uh, and then the Bible said, Michelle, that he set him on his own beast. What that means is this. That wounded man's laid there in the ditch. I don't know whether it was a donkey. I don't know whether it was a camel. I don't know whether it was a, I don't have no idea, but he had a beast of some kind. This Samaritan come riding up on him. Robert, all I know is this. When he came, that Samaritan was riding on a beast. And when he left, the wounded man was riding on him. There was a substitution. There I am. Bible said it like this. He that knew no sin became sin for us. Yeah. That we might become the righteousness of God. Yeah. Yeah. It was a substitution. He came. Why? Some scripture reading. Paul's came to the whole Bible. There I am. 
God could not have said that about you and I. In fact, God, he couldn't even look at you and I. We had so much sin and shame, God could not look on sin. Yeah. At Calvary, when my sin and your sin was placed upon the Savior, and he didn't just die, he didn't take our sins, he became sin. There's a difference. He became sin. All of sin has been paid for. He became sin. Is that right? Yeah. What's this? Kenny, I think Kenny quoted this morning when he said, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? The God wrote that twice and said, Behold, my beloved son, whom I'm well pleased. But my sin, your sin, can't pull him back. God turned his back on his son. Is that right? Yeah. Christ himself said, Why hast thou forsaken me? Say, so, preacher, why would he do that? Nancy, do you know what God says when He looks at you and I today and say, Behold my beloved son. Ain't that amazing? Yeah. Maybe, maybe y'all live very nice, but that amazes me. Yeah. He look at me. When he looks at me, he doesn't see my sin. He doesn't see my faults. He doesn't see my failures. He sees the blood of Christ. Yeah. And at Calvary, when he looked at Christ, he didn't see his holiness and his purity. He saw my sin, your sin, all mine. He's got a substitution. Yeah. He took his face and said, This man on that. Isn't that beautiful? You remember where he was? Poured in oil and wine, joy, Holy Ghost, and bound him up. And I mean, had compassion on him and did all that, and then set him on a beast. That's a, a substitution. Put him in his place where he rightly should have been. Yeah. What love, what passion. In fact, I say this, the Bible said we're heirs of God and joint heirs of Christ. You know what that means? That means everything that's Christ is mine and yours. He sent us where he should have been. Isn't that beautiful? Say the substitution. What you, I'll hurry. I'll not be very long. I'm almost done. Which is the substitution. Notice for me, if you would, the supply. Verse 34, the Bible, part, verse 34, the Bible said, took, brought him to an end and took care of him. Verse 35, and on the morrow when he departed. What about that? What a picture. Johnny did all this for him, but on the morrow, he didn't stay with him. He left. Oh my. That sounds familiar. I'm a looking for him to come anytime. Watch what your Bible said. What am I? Verse 35 on the morning he departed. He took out two pence, gave them to the host, and said to him, Watch this, take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest for when I come again. Did you catch that? When I come again, I will repay thee to see if I die. said. Give him everything that he needed. If there's anything about that, when I come again, I'll look at him. Is that right? Well, you see the picture. You see, there's a picture of the Savior, how that he came and he he he, he saw him, he had compassion on him, he, he loved him, he cared for him, he bound his wounds, put in the oil of the wine, he set him on his beast, and he said, I've got to go, but 
I, I've took care of you while you're here. When I come back, uh, I'll take care of you even more. Uh, oh, my, can I say this? The best is yet to come. Uh, I, I mean, as good as it is down here, I don't have any sad stories to tell. Uh, I know these hard times. I know these tough days. Uh, uh, but this life's been good. He's blessed me. He's been good to me. Uh, uh, but the best is yet to come. Uh, that's what he's saying. And when I return, when I when I come again, I, I it'll be even better than it is now. Or since we see the we see the supply, he cared for, gave him everything that he needed. You realize this this day, this morning, and we what all he's given us. He's blessed us with the Holy Ghost. He gives us joy, give us peace, give us the Word of God, gives us a place to worship, give us family, give us friends, give us everything good to us. He gives everything we need. Isn't that right? We see the supply. Then notice the proclamation, verse thirty six, and I quit. Bible in verse thirty six. Which now of these three, Jesus talking again to the lawyer, which now of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? Jesus said, I've told this story about a man that fell among thieves and was left for dead. Which one of the three do you think was a neighbor? Watch what the man said, verse 37. And he said, He that showed mercy on him. Then said Jesus unto him, Go and do thou likewise. All right. Now, can I, can I show you the proclamation now? I really don't think this morning. We, we, I told you a minute ago in verse number, what was it? Verse number uh, 28, he said to him, Thou sensest right, this do, and thou shalt live. Jesus knew he was trying to tempt him. Jesus knew John more than the man did, that he could not love the Lord with all his heart, and all his mind, and all his soul, and all his spirit, and love his neighbors himself. He knew he couldn't do that more than we can. When Jesus told him in verse number, verse number uh, 37, Jesus said to him, go and do that likewise. I really don't think, you don't have to agree with me, but I don't think he was telling you to be like the Samaritan. I think he was telling you to be like the weak man. Yeah. Right? I think what he was saying, John, was it's time to quit relying on the law. I'm quick relying on religion. Yeah. Right. You have to realize there's going to have to be somebody that's despised and rejected. Yeah. It's going to come to where you are. And love you. Have compassion on you. Find the door and you're going on the line. Set your headpiece and care for you. Give you everything that you need. The question, one of the original questions that the Bible says, verse number 25, Master. What shall I do to inherit eternal life? Here's my question to you. What did that wounded man do? Didn't do a fight. Is that right? Saved by grace. Is that right? He said, Preacher, how can you see his faith? Well, he trusted that he was coming back again. He trusted when he came, he paid me. Didn't cost him nothing. Didn't spend nothing. That's American, not at all. You, know, you look at me like I'm, like I'm like a Catholic with a new deed. You don't have to agree with him, But I really believe, John, Jesus was not teaching a work to salvation. I'm promising you that. I really believe when he said, Go and do that likewise, he was saying, By grace, through faith, God himself. 
And religion will never save you. And the law will never save you. It takes grace. Proof of it. Isn't that beautiful? See how that comes together. That, that man that was wounded, sitting on the side of the road, how that he ended up, ended up in the, on that Samaritan's beast. Ended up in that Samaritan's room. That Samaritan paid it all. Wonderful, beautiful. Let's stand to our feet. These musicians, they would.